Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Merrill, CEO of Employee Cycle, and you know us. We're that friendly HR dashboard company that's helping all of you HR and people leaders out there continue to become more data-driven. We know that most of you, when you're trying to pull all your HR data together, you're logging into all these different systems, trying to pull it together, always thinking this manual, tedious, and time-consuming process has to change. Well, look no further. That's why we built Employee Cycle, a pre-built HR dashboard that has all these different connections to the most popular HR systems out there. Are you using systems like ADP, Namely, Bamboo HR, Greenhouse, Trinet, Lever, Paylocity, 15.5, Reflective? Too many systems for me to say without running out of breath. We can pull all your data into one dashboard so you and your HR team can view, share, track, and analyze all that data in one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out, get a demo. We would love to learn and explore how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today... I would like to introduce you to a very great guest, Amanda Newell. She's the HR Director in the U.S. for Rain Carbon. And today we're going to discuss how to think about building a new HR department. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Crowd is very excited. (laughs) I hear that. (laughs) So, Amanda, we're going to kick this thing off right by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Well, uh, I actually started in the restaurant business. Um, and, you know, I was a hostess waiting tables. And I just kind of, I loved the company I worked for. And I was that most school spirited, you know. And I then moved into other roles like scheduling and training. And I'd travel all around and open up new stores. And, you know, this was a, a huge global company. So, you know, in, in the, my little town, there was nothing called HR, but I realized when I went back to school that that's kind of what I was doing was HR at the very small local level. I did payroll there, you know, so a little bit of everything. And so when I had to decide that's what my, where my passion is, is employees and supporting them. And, uh, yeah, so I decided to go into HR. Awesome. Thanks for that background. So today we're talking about building a new HR department. And I think this is so interesting and exciting because you always hear about all the things that HR is doing across the company, but rarely do you ever talk about how do you actually choose which HR people to bring in at different stages of your business to make sure that the workforce can be supported. And so I would like to start this interview by understanding what does your company do? How many employees do you have? And what does your HR team and department look like today? Okay. Yeah. So um, today, well, my company is Rain Carbon. So um, we are we have plants um, all over the state of Louisiana, one in Mississippi and one in Illinois. Um, and we manufacture products for steel and aluminum. Um, so it's, a, it's you know, in the chemical manufacturing uh, area. And um, the headquarters are in Covington, Louisiana. That's where I am. And I have an HR team of um, five and a half right now. I have a part-timer. 
Um, and I started with the company six months ago. And, you know, one of the things that I was tasked with upon coming in was, um, you know, there's been no HR direction for a couple of years. So no, no uh, director in the team. And we have these employees who have really been holding it together and really getting by. But, you know, now that we have a director in place, take a look at our talent on the team and figure out what is the best structure for the team, the company with these company objectives in mind. So, you know, I think to do that, I I took six, five to six months to really assess not just the capabilities and the interests in my team, but our company, what, where are we, where do we want to be? And, you know, that really helped me in my, and then I just really did like a data dump, you know, one day of, okay, this is where we are. This is where I want to be as a team and what makes sense and, and folk, what areas do we need to focus in to get where I want to go? And it, it was a lot, you know, it was a lot of just sitting alongside of, which is hard in the COVID world, sitting alongside of each of my members to really see where their uh, strengths are and, and not only what their strengths are, but again, what are they interested in doing? Where do they see themselves in, you know, five, 10 years with the company? So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's really what I've been focusing on in the past five to six months. Got it. So if I understand this correctly, it's really about figuring out the future state of where the workforce needs to be. And then also, how does the workforce need to be supported? And then you can reverse engineer what type of HR department you need and then figure out those roles. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think HR has evolved a lot. You know, you, you have your old school um, people who sat and, and specialized in things, right? Like, so you had a recruiter and a benefits person and a payroll person and um, maybe an HR generalist that kind of dabbled in everything. But, you know, I think over it, just in my 10 plus years of being in HR and really kind of, I started as an HR assistant and I did benefits and, you know, I did all of these functions and, I think it's evolved in a way of there is a big push to link HR and the business. So link link HR and management together. And so I think then you started to see these business partners is where we are today, where it's, it's an HR uh, person who is really going out and immersing themselves in the different business units or, you know, areas of the business where we can, we can kind of specialize in, and what we're in our support for them. So, you know, I, my last role was an HR business partner and I supported a manufacturing facility and some corporate functions. So, you know, I knew the rest of the business, but I didn't, I wasn't going out and interfacing with them. And I had a select group of my company that I knew them. I knew their managers, how they, I knew their people issues. I knew where their weaknesses were so that I could create trainings around those. So, you know, it's more of a proactive approach than HR just being actionary. You know, things just come to HR and we have to kind of juggle and get them done. It's really going out and, and showing what value HR can bring to each area of the business. That's pretty interesting. And so as we're talking about these different areas of the business where you really wanted to link HR efforts to the overall impact of the business, what did that look like? And what were some of those key part of the business where you believe that your existing and more likely newer formed HR team can really affect the business? So, you know, I think what it takes to really be efficient in that area is, you know, less of the 
Um, I can get in and I have the technical ability to do, you know, stuff in the system. It's more relationship building. So you really have to go out and spend time and get to know your partners and in these different leadership positions. And once you're able to build that, it's, it's not something, you know, I believe on day one, you can go out and say, I'm being an effective business partner. It's, you have to go spend the time. You have to sit with them and listen to their unique issues and, um, you know, then bring that back to your team. And then I feel like your functions, your, your support positions back at corporate, you know, you can work together to create trainings to, um, it, you know, in response to those weaknesses you may find that, you know, when you go out and you're talking to other leaders, um, but yeah, the different, so, you know, I'll give you an example. I, I when I would go out and ha- I'd, I'd go out each, every month and, sit with the managers out at my manufacturing facility, talk to them about what's going on. Hey, here's some HR things. Maybe we have open enrollment coming up. You know, what do you think you're going to need? What do you think your employees are going to need to get that done effectively? Um, They may say, Hey, we have this coming up. We're going to need extra um, staff for. So I have come back and bring that to my recruiter and we start to build a plan around that. So it really is just, you know, creating this really strong relationship um, with each and each area is just, you know, a 40 person manufacturing facility, their needs are going to be very different than a hundred person corporate, you know, headquarters. So it really is finding out what unique issues they have that you can show, you know, HR is here to support you and, and your, your issues that you have going on. As you're going through taking a tour of your business, going on this listening tour, I'll call it to truly understand what your employees need and what will allow them to perform better, feel more supported. I'm sure you're hearing a lot of different needs and some of them may seem or sound very custom depending on how many people you talk to. And so I'm curious, how does that translate into which roles you you find that you need in the HR department and how do you decide whether you need generalists or more specialists in certain areas? Yeah. So that's, that's exactly, I think, you know, talking about all of that exactly brings me back to the table to go, okay, so I, you know, I want to create that link, but that it sounds great, but that can only really work if you have, I believe if you have your core functions grounded. So, you know, I'm in the process of doing this. So I'm really looking to get a strong benefits person, um, a strong payroll person, and then, um, you know, I do want an HR generalist who is more over the operations, you know, that all that sort of general HR stuff that's not benefits, payroll, recruiting, you know, all that stuff that just kind of falls in this catch-all. Um, you know, those three roles are really the, fun- the the base functions. And then you have, and then I'd like to have someone who's in this partner role that's kind of going out and interfacing with employees and management and then the idea is, you know, they bring that back and they work with the functions, the specialists, the people who know benefits, payroll, recruiting, training in and out, and together as a team can provide support back to the business. When you're looking for new hires to work in those very specific roles like payroll, what are you optimizing for? Is it typically industry experience? Is it years of doing it? Is it someone who has a very creative mind around this and and is not necessarily a person who could really make what you have 
that's existing working, but really coming in to change things and make it better? What are you looking for in these roles? So I think right now, you know, I think it, it depends on kind of where your company is and where your department is. Um, right now, because I don't have a lot of highly tenured employees and we have a lot of work to do on getting our our sort of basic processes built and um, we're, we're, you know, I'd, I'd like to say we run like a well-oiled machine and we're just not there yet. Um, I would really look for someone who's got the years of experience, definitely, but is also that person who wants to make it their own. You know, they want to come in and they want to, they're, they're going to be okay with it being a little gray right now. And they're going to want to say, wait, why are we doing it this way? No, I think there's a more efficient way of doing it. So it's that person who can take it and make it their own, build good processes and efficiencies around it um, so that we can have a good foundation where it, and it'll be like a feel like a well-oiled machine. So then we can be a little more proactive rather than reacting. As I talk to more HR leaders, especially on our podcast, a lot of the episodes have been around diversity, performance, and engagement. And diversity, basically, and most, you know, primarily from all the things that have happened over the past, at least in the United States, that have happened over the past year, engagement around connecting employees to make sure that they still know that even though they're working from home or from wherever they're working from, not in the office anymore, that they still are connected to the mission, purpose, vision of the company. And then performance in the sense that how do you still get people to perform at a at a high level, even though they're dealing with all of the craziness and uncertainty that the world has brought over the past year? So I'm curious, when it comes to these very important areas of the workforce, how do you decide whether or not you actually need someone who specializes in that versus one or two people that can work across all those functions? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good question. And that's, I think, as I look back on when I started this analysis, I guess, I did have more specialized. Um, you know, we currently have a recruiter. She's only a corporate recruiter. And as we're evolving with this structure, it's, you know, that role is going to have a lot more than just recruiting. Um, it's, I'm thinking about adding training in that. I'm thinking about adding these others. So, you know, I think that's a really good point that, the evolution also is it isn't so specialized anymore. And, and, you know, especially in a company, our size, we have to figure out how to do more with less. And that to me, the key to that is creating really good processes and efficiencies, constantly looking at what we're doing and say, is there a more efficient way of doing that? Got it. So as you look across your entire HR team and you think about the impact in the ROI that you want your HR department to make, how do you figure out what are the goals that you believe you can actually impact and how are you going to link your HR department to the overall goals, revenues of the business? Yeah. So I think um, what what I'd like to do is really, that that is a culture I'm used to is you know, things sort of trickling down. So I, I would sit with my manager and really map out, you know, what are those company objectives and how do I play a part in those, you know, make my objectives based off those. And then I'm sitting with each of my teammates and saying, okay, this is what I've 
This is what has been expressed are the company objectives. This is where we fit. Now let's drill down even more, you know, who takes a piece of what to, so that overall, you know, we're, we're performing against those objectives. Now we're in, let's call it this almost post COVID era, or I'm hoping fingers crossed (laughs) that we're, we're almost out of this. Today is June 11th. What's the hardest part of hiring HR professionals today, especially during this tight labor market that we're dealing with? I guess the hardest part to me is I I am, like I said before, I'm, I'm not a very good remote, um, in my opinion. Uh, I really thrive off you know, face-to-face collaboration. And I know, you know, over the past year, we've really seen that people can do their jobs from home, right? But I think the toughest thing is just now that we know it can be done is, is it being done in the most effective way? Is there maybe a hybrid, you know? So um, I know a lot of people are doing hybrid type, you know, schedules and, you know, I I think it's just that it's, it's bringing someone in. I mean, I came in during the pandemic, so it was hard for me to really grasp, you know, who do I go to for this? What, what is really our company culture? I mean, I feel like every time I, meet a new person face to face. I'm so excited because I'm I'm like, I know I've heard your voice once a week, but I'm actually <laughs> your face. It's amazing. So, you know, it's so great to to link it together. But it's just that it's it's really bringing somebody into the culture and the company and them not being able to really have that great old school onboarding experience, you know? So you just got to do the best you can to make them feel like they are part of um, you know, a great organization. You know, I'm so glad that you brought up and were honest and candid enough to say that as your company and as so many other companies are going remote or hybrid, that's not necessarily your preference. And and that's okay, which I'm I'm so happy to hear. And so how do you deal with either part of or most of your company going remote as the HR person when you thrive off of that? in-person energy? Because I'm sure you're not the only person. There's probably hundreds, if not thousands of HR leaders that are thinking, well, I really wish we could get back to the office, but it only makes business sense or it, it only makes sense because everybody wants to work from home. How do you deal with that? How should HR leaders think about wrapping their head around that mental model of not necessarily preferring this, but still thriving in it? Yeah. I mean, I really do have to take my personal, you know, everybody's got their own Thing that they've been dealing with since this all started, right? I mean, some people with very small children, some people, you know, have had stuff come up with, you know, other other personal things that require them to have become very flexible. Everybody's just jumped into this flexible world, and it might have been hard at first, but they figured it out, and they're they're comfortable there now. So they, you know, it's almost like we're going back, and they're going to have to jump into this other uncomfortable world. And I think as their mentality is I'm showing you, I can do it effectively at home. So why, why not? You know, I think for me and what I'm going to suggest to my leaders is, you know, we, my preference is to get a hybrid because I believe you are losing that company culture. And I believe you're losing out on collaborating. And I like the idea of a two to three day a week. And I, and one of those days maybe being where your team is all together so that you're able to, you know, look across the table at each other, you're bouncing ideas off of each other. 
So it, it definitely is. I have to take a backseat to what my preference is because that's me. Um, it's how I do things most effective. I mean, when I know I have big things coming up, I'm like, I need to get in the office and get in my zone and, you know, knock it out. Um, not saying I'm not knocking things out at home, but you know, it's, it's, it's an environment for me that I thrive more. in. so, um, it's just being open to, to others situations and, and trying to come to a compromise. Amanda, thank you so much for such a, an authentic and a candid and enlightening conversation about building a new HR department, how do you align that to the overall goals of the company? And what I think most importantly is how do you thrive in this new remote slash hybrid workforce where your preferences are being in person? To be honest, I would prefer to be in person as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely would, but I think it only makes sense for our business to be remote moving forward. And so it is what it is. Yeah. But thank you so much for being a great guest. Woo! Amanda! Thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course. So where can people find you and Rain Carbon online? Oh, well, on LinkedIn, uh, for sure. And yeah, Rain, Rain Carbon's got a great uh, active page on there, or I, I guess it's called page, right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's where we can be found. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all that contact info in the show notes. So for everyone listening out there, if you enjoyed this interview as much as Amanda and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and also leave a little note about what you learned from this episode. Also, if this is your very first time listening to any of our interviews, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.